Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hey, hey. Hi. Happy Friday, <laughs> which is not our normal recording day. Oh, it's not. I didn't, no. I guess, um, I guess we have norms now. That's new. Do we? Hey, here's know. a new norm. Let's start with, this is Coaching and Cocktails. I'm Brandy. I'm Tina. And this is a health and fitness lifestyle sometimes comedy podcast although last week we did some heavy hitting um <clears throat> topics and uh we actually got a ton of feedback on that um and on our new um what's it called facebook discussion group. we have a new so, facebook discussion forum yep uh well now what's the title of it so people it's can find it coaching and cocktails discussion group <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I didn't because know if it had it really in it. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it had podcast in it. So coaching. Uh, oh, you know what? It might because when I was setting it up, there was another yeah. group, a Facebook group. There was another Facebook group that was just called Coaching and Cocktails. I may have put podcast in the title, Coaching and Cocktails podcast discussion group. Yeah. For so that. we and open that so people can um, join it. And talk freely among yourselves, but also we could talk about the um, our episodes. I guess you call them episodes. And then we were also going to post any of the reference material if we remember what we said and remember to do that. But other people feel free to post the reference material. <laughs> if we forget, please feel free to post. Um, but yeah, so there's been some really good discussion, and I think there was really good feedback on our last uh, episode, which was kind of a... Um, a heavier topic than what we normally um, talk about, um, but I think it, it resonated with a lot of yeah. women. Yeah, so who have been so sharing a lot of stuff. So that was good. Um, we haven't actually seen or talked to each other since Florida because we pre-recorded several in Florida, so we wouldn't <laughs> have to see each other for at least two weeks afterwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> because basically, weeks, we just though? don't have time. <laughs> I know. I don't think it's been two weeks. Oh, maybe it's been two weeks today. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's good to be back. And we have a whole big list of topics to talk about this year. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, um, yeah, yeah the, the competition season is kicking off. So um, busy as fuck <clears throat> right now, a little overscheduled. Um, but, you know, first world problems. Right, for sure. Yeah. But it's good. So we're heading into 2020. Uh, all the new podcasting stuff, all the clients, all the all the everything this year. The retreat's coming up in about six weeks. Wow. Time Our biggest retreat fast. yet. Yep. Yes. So it's going to be exciting. Um, but I guess we'll kind of get right to it, right? Yeah. So we have a special guest today. We have a special guest. So we're doing something new today. Uh, we'll maybe call it like guinea pig work. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> We have a guinea pig on the podcast. We have a guinea pig on the podcast. So we've had a couple of requests for this and decided to go for it and have actually do a client interview. So we would like to welcome Kelly. Kelly. Hi, everybody. I'm here. Good morning, Kelly. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. So that's why we're recording on a Friday because Kelly works for a living and um, apparently only has off every other Friday. And so this was when she was able to meet with us. Um, so Kelly, why don't you just quickly tell everybody a little bit about you, just kind of like who you are, what you do, 
Who's Kelly? Who's Kelly? Who is Kelly? I'm Kelly. Um, I just turned 29. I have a full-time job working for the DOD. Um, and I am a new dog mom. I just Yay! adopted a puppy, partially thanks to Tina, um, about a month ago. So she is totally mixing up the routine. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's me. And you love horses too, like Brandy, right? You you ride? Yes, yes I do mm-hmm. ride whenever I can. I'm actually going to go out this afternoon. Yay! Me too. Yes, so I love it. Well, I'm not, so there's that. You can. <laughs> it's an option. It's always an option. It is an option, but I can tell you, if I were going to ride a horse again, it's been a very, very long time, it would be much warmer weather. <laughs> so, yeah, because I try at all costs to not leave my house in the winter time. But, um, so Kelly, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what brought you to center stage so my god it's been a couple of years now when you very first started but um why don't you tell us like what brought you into this arena to begin with and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about um your you know what you've I done to understand that oh jesus christ my bixby just decides to start talking to me. I don't know how to make it stop. That, that is a Bixby. It's creepy, huh? What's a Bixby? It's uh, it's the Android version of um, what's her name? Siri. On the uh, iPhone. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So you should turn that off. That's so unprofessional. I thought <laughs> I thought we were going to get professional this year. I thought that's what we discussed in Florida. Okay. Well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So back to Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Okay. So, so how'd you get here? Why are basically, um, I was struggling on my own, just taking control over my nutrition and physical health. Um, I had been doing everything wrong for years, you know, just following whatever the internet said, tracking calories in my fitness pal, you know, and I could only have 1200 calories a day. (laughs) Well, because my fitness pal puts everybody on 1200 calories a day. Yeah. And I would attempt to go to the gym, but you know, you only really feel safe on cardio machines because you can't do cardio machines wrong. Um, So I was naturally doing lots of cardio and I just couldn't, I couldn't get it together. I was doing my cheat meals on the weekends, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I need some help. And I didn't really know how to go about getting the help because, um, geez, I know it was only like three or four years ago, but so much has changed. Um, it was either I go to like a nutritionist, which was going to cost me an arm and a leg. And I was like, but I also want to learn how to work out or do I just get a personal trainer and try and figure out the nutrition on my own. So I was just doing some research. I was frustrated. I came across center stage figures and physiques and I was like, I'm not interested in competing But if this lady can get these people down to like sub zero level body fat range, like she's got to be able to help me lose a couple pounds. Maybe I'll just ask. Um, But it was more about just losing a couple pounds. I wanted to understand the process and gain control myself and figure out how to learn, learn what I needed to eat and how to work out properly so that I could do it on my own. So when I went on the website, I saw the Jumpstart program, which I believe is now called something else. Um, but it was perfect because it was 
three months long and it was like an intro to if you wanted to, if you could handle a competition kind of thing. Um, and that's what it was back then, but it's definitely formed into something completely different now as far as, um, you know, your whole business taking in general population clients and just people that want to be healthier and stuff like that. So um, it was perfect for me. So I contacted you and came over to your studio and sat down and basically vented my whole life problems. And you were like, okay, I got you. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember my first impression of you. Like I just, I saw your cute little physique and I was like, oh, of course I look at everybody as how much competition potential does this person have? Right. And I'm like, look at her cute little physique. She's so cute. Um, But I know when, um, when we first started talking about prices, like (laughs) the look on your face was like, oh yeah, I can't afford that. But how about the jumpstart program? (laughs) So so that's when, um, yeah. And back then, um, you know, now our, our structure has changed a little bit, but that, that is what our now life athlete program is. And then the jumpstart is for that free competition, so the middle grounds, but, um, so then it was off to Brandy. And so Brandy kind of like, what was your, um, you know, what was it like working with Kelly? Like, what was your take on that? Well, first I wanted to make a point that the reason why we picked Kelly for this first interview is, you really represent the full life cycle of not only a competitor, but really the, the life athlete, right? So everything you just talked about is an absolute beautiful commercial for exactly why we exist and why people hopefully come to us. It's wanting to learn, wanting to like make lifestyle changes and really seeing where you can go athletically. So you just so just so the viewers at home. No, you came in, like you said, off the street, just looking to get a little healthier, learn a little more, went through the Jumpstart Life Athlete Program, got to a point where you were ready to compete, did the competition cycle, and now you're back with me in reverse off-season, prepping for another competition cycle. So just background on why, why we picked Kelly to start the interview, or to start this interview process. So yeah, you she's also me. been to our retreat. So she it, she quite literally has been through our entire life cycle and is coming program. back to the retreat. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yes. And we'll be we can't second. get rid of her, <laughs> <laughs> or she can't get rid of us. She can't get rid of us. So um, yeah, I I can't remember. Was it two years ago? So, yeah, I want to say it was about two years ago. I'd have to dig into my files to really look, but. Um, you know, when you first started with me, I was super excited because you're obviously super intelligent and super interested in taking personal responsibility. And as a coach and as a coach who works with people just stepping into this, that's two of the first things I'm looking for. Like, is this person going to take responsibility for their own, their own path here, right? Are you going to check in on time? I mean, really like week one, I know how this is going to go. You know, did you check in on time? Did you do your log? Are you asking any relevant questions? And so right off the bat, Kelly was, was checking those boxes. Um, right off the bat, we also saw that, um, I saw that 
there are maybe some lifestyle things that we needed to tackle right from the jump. And Kelly's laughing because she knows exactly what those are. Do you want me to call you out or do you want to talk about it? Call her okay. out. That's what we do Go on this podcast. It. I like my cocktails, man. <laughs> right. So talk about it. So that was definitely, I think, the first year, the biggest learning curve, right? It was balancing the lifestyle. So I think that's important to a lot of people. So can you give us some insight on what that was like? Yeah, what was what was the struggle with, you know, kind of that part of your lifestyle? Um, well, it's not even like what was the struggle. It's still um, I want to say it was more so the timing of my life um, because I was just out of college and um, prior to that, you know, senior year in high school got money all you you don't really have any responsibilities so you're hanging out with friends and the fun thing to do is to drink and party you know you go to college still the fun things to do is sorry my dogs are fighting um so when that's kind of all you know you're not really seeking any other forms or you don't really realize that there's other Hey, hold on one second. Hold on, Kelly. Hold that thought. Sorry, had to take a quick break because we because Kelly kept breaking off. So hopefully, hopefully this works better. So right. finish your finish what you were saying. <laughs> anyway, so that was it. Was basically my lifestyle. Like that time is I hung out with friends, and you socialize, you drink and eat. I didn't have any other aspirations or goals um, because you know I don't know you just you just kind of do like the easy stuff. Um, and that was my lifestyle, but, um, it was rough because I also had this other desire to be healthier, to not wake up hungover every morning. And not to mention, I was very much so living to eat. (laughs) Um, I was, it was whatever I was craving that day I would go and get. Um, and that's basically like how I would even plan my day. It was bad. Um, especially being hungover, you know, you're like a bottomless pit and you're dehydrated and all you want to do is just go to PF Chang's or Chick-fil-A and just feel better. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was very much a vicious cycle. And, um, it was difficult because then I got into, oh, I can be healthy Monday through Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday Um, all the temptations come in. So it was very helpful to have someone there weekly to hold me accountable and say, um, yeah, you went out and drank too much, blah, 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 but we're going to start this new week fresh and we're going to, you know, we're going to stick to the plan. And um, Brandy was very helpful in giving me other tools and just support. Um, on like what to say to people or how to navigate those social interactions to where, you know, I didn't feel bad about not drinking or pressured or whatever, because, you know, even though I did have all of these goals to be more healthy and I wanted to feel better, um, it's not always easy to um, maintain those on your own because I was very much in my friend group, the only person that was really wanting to go on this fitness journey. I didn't really have a whole lot of other people that were willing or wanted to make any other. 
sure they would work out with me or stuff like that, but they didn't really want to um, go find other things to do other than party, I should say. So um, it was very helpful having somebody, a coach there weekly, monthly, whatever it be um, to help me. So, well, and you know, I'll tell you why that was such a fun journey for me and maybe why I had so much insight is I myself went down that same path and I would be a gigantic hypocrite to act like I didn't. I mean, like my partying days are probably epic. And, you know, I went down the same road of basically blowing all the competitions when I was young because I couldn't stay out of the bars. And I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anybody who was holding me accountable. And, you know, now I look back and it's really sad because those were the years that it would have been very, very simple to put in some good competition years, but instead I drank them away. So, you know, I had a vested interest to try to help you not make the mistakes that I made. <laughs> and you, and you, I mean, you did amazing. It was a process and it's hard. And, you know, you talked about having to find ways to tell people. I got to a point um, when I, I mean, I was much older than you and I realized like I needed to make a change, but I got to a point where I actually just started telling my friends I, or telling people, they weren't my friends, but telling people I was in recovery to stop people from forcing alcohol on me. Yeah. You know? And then I, it was a complete lie. I was not in rehab, but that was about the only thing in some situations that I could find that people would stop fucking antagonizing you or criticizing you for not drinking. Um, and then I got a little older and found new friends. And now like everybody goes to bed at 6.30 at night and it's not an issue. <laughs> but uh, I think everything you talk about, I imagine a lot of people are sitting on the other end of this podcast saying like, oh my God, yeah, I get that. I get well, that. Well, I, I mean, while I never had people trying to influence me to drink, I mean, I certainly did enough of that on my own, right? So in my, in my 20s, I remember when I first got it, I got into bodybuilding when I was 21. And you know, going to the gym with my ex-husband and everybody's like, oh, you should compete, you should compete, you should compete. I mean, back then it would have literally just been bodybuilding because none of this other shit existed. Um, but I was like, uh, no, because I like to drink and eat whatever the fuck I want. Like, I'm just kind of coming to the gym at that point to like <laughs> counteract the rest of my lifestyle, which was kind of what it was in my 20s. And it wasn't until... I couldn't, I couldn't get my shit together in my, in my 20s to compete. It wasn't until after I had my son that, I mean, because that's really what structured me was, you know, being married the second time, get, you know, we kind of got pregnant right away. And then after my son, of course, I also had like 50 pounds to lose. So there was a big old, like, you know, <laughs> get your head out of your ass because 50 pounds on somebody's 4'11 and a half is not cute. So, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to do it in my twenties. I never had to like tell anybody to, you know, don't make me drink or whatever, but I knew myself, I wasn't ready, which is kind of like a big message I think for, for people in general. We've talked to, we talked about that in our, um, I want to compete, but podcast, right. Yeah. That episode, right. You have to make sure that you, you know, you're kind of in a place, but, um, so what Kelly, um, speaking of, right? Because you did not come to us with any intention of competing, right? You just wanted to kind of get healthier and stop being hungover all the time. And so then you decided you wanted to compete. So why? I mean, like what kind of, what changed along the way working with Brandy? Um, well, it had been a year and I felt like I had really got the control that I was looking for. And 
and the understanding, the education um, behind tracking my food. And I mean, there's a bunch of steps that I had to, and habits that I had to form over that first year, being it making sure that I planned ahead for my week. I was getting all my workouts in. I was able to navigate the social events and fit it in my macros. And, you know, all of those challenges, I feel like I had conquered. Um, And I just felt like I was in a good place. And I really wanted to see how far I could take the self-discipline aspect of it. Um, I'm not a very competitive person when it comes to competing against other people especially when it comes to bodybuilding and I have no idea really you know what the judges are looking for in criteria because I'm not that educated on it it but, doesn't um, matter even if you were I'm very educated <laughs> on it and I still have no fucking idea what the judges want and what the judges are looking for so that has nothing to do with not knowing anything <laughs> just so you know that's not just you I'm really educated and I still have no fucking idea what they're doing <laughs> most of the time but I just I like the idea that it was me against me Um, and I was going to have to put in the work. There was no other real outside factors that were going to hinder, you know, my progress other than what I was putting into it. So, um, I don't know. I just kind of like that aspect of it. Um, and that's kind of what drew me to the whole competition thing. And I'm surprised because I'm really not the kind of person I have a hard time speaking in front of people. Um, I used to dance when I was little, but I hated getting up on stage in front of people in a bikini so I think that is another reason why I was I don't know I when I went through prep I wasn't thinking about the stage or what I was doing on stage and even in like our posing sessions I was kind of just like half there because I wasn't really realizing that part of the journey I really was focusing on the prep like the discipline and getting my stuff done and getting my macros like that's the kind of stuff that I was into um that's what drew me to it but then when I actually got on stage I was pleasantly surprised at how I handled it I was barely nervous I think that I did really well up there I actually felt quite comfortable and that part just blew my mind in the end I was just like this is so cool like I had no idea that I would be comfortable doing something like this and actually like doing something like this So um, I ended up getting way more out of it than I thought I would. Well, and I'll say, you know, and to Brandy's point, when she was working with you on the jumpstart part, um, I mean, ditto to everything she said when you were, you know, in prep, in competition prep with me. I mean, there was never a missed check-in, right? Like it was always on time and it was incredibly detailed. Um, And you you literally just did everything I asked you to do, right? I mean, everything. You, and you asked questions, right? And one, one of the coolest things <clears throat> I thought when, I mean, there's a couple, and I know, you know, you took, you tracked your own progress religiously and you took notes. And um, it was the coolest thing for me that we did an, sort of an after action report, right? Um, when, when you were done competing and you came into the studio and we hooked up with Brandy and we just sort of talked about the whole process and you asked questions like, why did we do this then? And this, why did we do this supplement? And why did we, you know, uh, you know, reduce carbs at this point or cardio or whatever. And we sat for an hour, hour and a half and, you know, 
you had your little notebook full of questions and you had, I mean, you had like gone back and looked through all your notes to ask these questions. And honestly, it was the coolest thing because I've never had a client do that. Um, but I think that's part of why you were so successful. And you touched on the fact that, um, you know, you weren't focused, you were focused on the process. You were focused on the journey. You were focused on what you were, you, you were just, you know, focused on those things and not necessarily focused on the outcome, right? Of, you know, yes, you were focused on getting to the stage, but it was like all these things you were learning about the process all along the way, which to me is like, you know, one of the most important things. Cause the, the clients I have that are just nonstop focused on uh, the day of the show and all, you know, and like, what am I gonna weigh? And, what if, you know, and it's, it's just con this constant like concern about that day. And they sort of lose sight of like, Hey, how about we just try to perfect your macros for one day? That'd be great. Okay. Right. Like, it'd be like, can we stop worrying about that and like actually focus on the shit that matters to help you get there? That kind of thing. So, um, that's something I thought was, you know, kind of part of what made you so successful and you were like amazing on stage. So I would have never known that you didn't want to be, you know, you weren't so sure that that was the thing you wanted to be doing, but you fucking rocked the stage that day. There is no doubt in my mind, but I knew you would because I knew how much you were practicing and I knew, you know, I, I yeah, I knew how prepared you were. So I, I had no doubt, but it was cool to see. Yes. It was definitely a fun experience for sure. For sure. So Kelly, you had about a five, five and a half month, pretty hard prep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, because the reality was we got you as lean as we could in the year that we worked together, but we weren't at all delusional that there was, you had to make huge gains in five and a half months. So you were on, you know, we don't have to get into the real details, but you were on low calories, lots of cardio, you had to bust your ass. So my question is, at any point in your prep, did you want to quit? How close did you get to saying this Fuck is it. stupid? Fuck it. And what kept you, clearly you didn't say this is stupid because you went on to compete and win your pro card. But how big was the suck factor in the prep? Um, so in the beginning, um, there wasn't that much suck. I remember in one of my check-ins with Tina saying, um, when going to start? <laughs> I do remember that. I remember you're like, hey, this doesn't actually suck that bad. And I was like, okay. Yeah, just hang on. <laughs> hold on. Hold um, my, wait, hold my beer. <laughs> hold up. Here we go. <laughs> so, I do remember having one moment in and I'll never forget. Oh, Kelly, you're breaking up a little bit again. Yeah, I'm going to pause it. Sorry about that. I had to take another quick break because Kelly lives in the boonies and her Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> so uh, we'll try this again. So you were you were talking about the suck factor. Yes, the suck factor. So the one moment during prep that I um, it was a Wednesday and it was an evening. I was sitting down table with my boyfriend, weighed out my I don't know two ounces of chicken breast and potato. And I just wanted to, it had just come over me. I was like, I don't want to have to do this anymore. It wasn't even that I was like hung. 
it was the two days at the gym. I was just tired. My period probably should have been starting at some point. The hormones were there. Um, and it was just overwhelming. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just, I don't want to feel tired. Um, I don't want to do this. And, you know, he certainly was very supportive through the whole prep process and was like, you know what, you're almost there. You've come so far. You can handle this. You can do this. You wouldn't have signed up for it if you knew you couldn't. Um, and, you know, after that moment, that was really my only, my only moment of suck that I can remember. Because after that, I was like, you know what, I am already in the thick of this. I have an amazing coach, an amazing support group. All of my friends were so great and my family. So that was certainly helpful in getting me through the rest of that journey for sure. How far into it was that? I mean, if you were already, if you were on like two ounces of chicken and two a days, we must have been pretty deep. I want to say it was like a month out. A month and a half out, probably. And, and you know what, Kelly, that, and, and that makes sense. Cause that is, I mean, yeah, there are people who, you know, kind of get that sub factor or want to quit earlier on, but, um, I would say the hardest, and you can tell me if you agree, right. I think the hardest part of prep is usually from about six weeks to like one week out. Once you get into peak week, you're like, fuck it, I'm here, right? Like I can do anything. But mm-hmm. I always like, even like the three and four week mark, I think is some of the hardest. Cause it's like, you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to be ready. It's too soon. And, or it's like, oh my God, I just can't do this another four weeks. I'm so fucking done. You're tired. You're cold. You're hungry. You're just, I mean, just fucking exhausted. It does. It fucking mm-hmm. sucks. There is no doubt about it. So you have to, we've said this before, like you have to actually not just embrace the suck, but enjoy the suck. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't mean enjoy like, you know, rainbows and unicorns or like you might enjoy a cocktail or um, an ice cream cone. Right. Like it's enjoy like, I know I'm getting something out of this as much as it sucks. Something on the other end is going to be fucking amazing. You know, when I get there, <clears throat> would you, would you agree that like, you know, you kind of, cause it's not that it didn't suck you in the sense of, cause I'm sure it sucked, but you were sort of embracing that as like, this is something I kind of, um, it's kind of my jam right now. Yes, I was, I was very much a machine. (laughs) Um, I was very disciplined, very scheduled. Um, You know, it was, it was like, I don't even say it was a game because I knew I wasn't losing. Um, It was something that, that I just had to do. I, I just knew it. I don't know. There was no other option. I never really thought about, about quitting other than that one at that one point. And I will say that the only other part, um, that I really had to embrace the suck and I would do two hours on the Stairmaster before I ever stand in front of that fan after getting a spray tan the night before the show. (laughs) I have never been more cold or frostbitten in my entire life. You want to talk about mental toughness. It was standing in front of that fan (laughs) and it's waiting to dry. It was legit. I mean, that is legit. You know, that's something that I think, I mean, everybody's like their first time they do it. They're like, 
oh my god this is so okay okay first of all you're naked in front of strangers right and you're covered in tanner and you're lean so you're cold anyway it could have been 100 degrees in there and you've probably still been cold right like that you have wet tanner on you and then standing in front of a fan like that is <laughs> that is legit hey i have a question for you though because i think people would be interested to know um you said you were a machine like what what did you do to make sure the machine stayed well oiled? Like what, I mean, kind of like, how'd you, how'd you handle work and family and making, you know, making sure you hit all your gym sessions, making sure your food was prepped? Like, what did you, what did you do? Like specifically, um, how'd you make it work? So when I was going through this prep process, um, I was, very secretive about it, if you will. I only um, really told a few people, and a lot of that was because um, I didn't want to expend time and energy trying to explain to everyone and their mother why I wanted to do this, because um, it was my goal, it was my journey, and it is very easy for me to be incredibly selfish. <laughs> Um, so I honestly think that that is what helped me. Um, I, I don't have any children or anything like that that's kind of pulling my responsibility. Um, so I was able to be incredibly selfish. Um, I told my boyfriend straight up before we started what it was going to be like, at least what I thought it was going to be like. I was like, I'm going to have to pack my food everywhere I go. You know, I'm not going to be able to go out to eat. I will still go out and socialize with you, but I'm not going to be drinking. I'm probably going to want to come home at 8 p.m. and go to bed. So he knew for the most part what was happening. Um, I think the whole like mood swings and stuff, that's something we learned along the way. Um, but I think that is what made it successful was that not a lot of people knew what I was doing. Um, so I, I wasn't worried about what other people were thinking or opinions. Like my coworkers had no idea. Um, and so I kept it to myself. And like I said, I was, I was a selfish human for six months and I didn't feel bad because I knew it was a temporary thing and it was something that I wanted to do and nothing was going to stop me. You know, I, I really love that because, um, I have a lot of problems with social media and I don't think it's always a positive influence. And a lot of people in who are doing a bodybuilding competition or training for something extreme feel like they need to self promote themselves or get validation from the social media machine. And you made a great point that then you're opening so yourself up to all sorts of opinions that don't matter and all sorts of mental energy and time that you have to spend now, communicating with people who don't fucking matter, who are not going to help you, you know, it's just, that's one of those things that we talk to people about when they start this, that you need to take a real big look at your life and anything that's going to take extra bandwidth, you need to remove it. You need to build that boundary. And I wouldn't even say it's selfishness uh, in the way you described it. I think it is putting those boundaries in place that you're going to need to cordon off the time and energy that is going to be necessary to be successful. It's self-preservation. So I love right? that. Yeah. I, I love mean, that. Social yeah. media is not, is not necessary to be a successful athlete. Nope. Right. And if you're spending more time posting your dumb meals or selfies, than you are training or doing the things necessary. You need to take another look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, I know a lot of people think they have to, 
hashtag whatever the fuck the pound sign did you need pound sign pound sign in Britain (laughs) if you're an old lady you pound sign um you have to pound sign the federation that you're competing in and you know and and tag this and tag that or else you know you're not going to be successful well you know the only time kelly was ever on social media about her competition was when her coach was posting her all over the place well that would be me right so let me deal with the social media shit um but yet you still won your show right it was a smaller show but i would say that the uh bikini you know um the classes were still fairly competitive even though it was you know a smaller show it was not a gimme at all it wasn't a gimme um so you know it was um you were still successful and even without you pound signing you know (laughs) your prep all over the place (laughs) um so if you had any advice to a first-time competitor or even a second-time competitor like what would it be What's like your number one takeaway, your number one piece of advice you would give to somebody to be successful like Kelly, to be like Kelly when they grow up? Hmm. One thing. It could be two things, three things even. Three things. To be successful. I mean, I think a lot of um, the things that helped me be successful was the stuff that I learned in the Jumpstart program before I even started prep. Um, if you can't, you know, follow what your coach is telling you, meet your macros, get to the gym and be able to still live your social life and have friends and relationships and be a happy human and all that, there's no way you're going to make it through prep. Um, I, I mean, I can't say there's no way. Um, but you're going to have a less successful prep if you're still learning how to do those things while you're trying to get lean for a competition that would be building the foundation first just take your time I don't like Mm -hmm. let's um if I mean I feel like a lot of people want to do the competitions just for the weight loss and then that's why they're rushing it um but like I said for me it was very much so about the process you've got to love it um so and I think another thing for anybody that's doing a prep would be only tell the people that are important to you what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. when I first started even the jumpstart program and I started changing my life and I was seeing results, of course I got excited and I wanted to tell everybody about what I was doing. And, um, you know, you pretty much everyone I talk to complains about their weight or their nutrition or how they want to be healthy or how they used to be in shape. And, when I first started, I would go to exhaustive lengths trying to help these people, um, ex- explaining them, you know, everything that I've learned, what they can do. Um, you know, I've referred plenty of people to you guys. Some of them um, have come on board, some of them haven't. But, um, you know, it's, it, and then it's just kind of disheartening at sometimes when people just ignore you because they're not going to change unless they want to make that change. So if you're going to do a prep for a competition, don't waste time, you know, telling the whole world and then you have to waste your energy explaining to people why you want to do it because it is, it's a personal journey and um, just make sure the people that care about you the most are aware of what's going on and aware of the sacrifices that, you know, you're going to have to make in life and there's really nothing else in your way other than you. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because... 
we've had there was a we you know there's a whole conversation thread on our on our team facebook page about like how do you handle the comments from people and these may not even be people that know you're competing or whatever it could be just like random strangers right or people we work with be like oh you're too skinny your family oh my god the family is the worst you're too skinny you need to eat you don't look healthy right we had a whole thread of you know conversation about that did you ever get any comments like that from people even you know i know you kind of kept it to yourself but as you were getting teensy tiny did anybody sort of like to make comments about well you need to eat why don't you have a drink why don't you you know and how'd you handle that um i think in the beginning um, when I had to say I wasn't drinking, it was because I was driving. I'd say I'm the DD. Um, usually don't that, drink and drive. Pound sound. Pound was, sound. Pound sound. Pound sound. <laughs> Hashtag don't drink and drive. Hashtag. Pound sign. Pound sign. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> so you get, you get pretty creative, honestly, with excuses. And if it's somebody that I didn't want to explain it to, I would give them an excuse like, oh, I'm the DD. Or um, I think it was Easter, we went over to a friend's house and they had food. And of course I had to pack my food. And instead of explaining to, you know, the 30 people there why I was eating their buffet, I was just like, hey, I'm gonna run out to the car and get something. I sat in my car, ate my food and came back. You know, people offer me food. Oh, I'm not, you know, not hungry or I just ate. You know, it's, um, I don't know. And then the people that knew, that care, that I cared about already knew what I was doing. So they didn't make it a huge deal. Um, and then I think more towards the end, um, when I got closer to prep or to the show, I opened up a little bit more to people about what I was doing. Um, and I was like, no, I'm doing a fitness competition and you know, I'm not drinking alcohol. And a lot of people were pretty supportive. They're like, Oh, this is cool. Like what made you want to do that? Or, you know, they would go into how they would want to, they have always wanted to do something like that. And um, so it, I got like mixed feedback. A lot of the people that I told were very positive and supportive. I didn't really have anybody saying like, oh, you look too skinny. Um, or, I mean, they didn't say it to my face. Let's say that. <laughs> they they said it behind your back. <laughs> Um, afterwards, afterwards, people felt more comfortable talking to me about it um, and saying, you know, oh, you were looking, you know, you were looking really thin and that didn't really look healthy. And I don't understand why people think that a body competition is healthy because it's not. <laughs> well, and I, that's, you know, that's just a fallacy, right? That people are like, oh, well, you you know, the muscles and the diet. So it must be healthy. I mean, you know, bodybuilding competitions are the, the furthest thing from, from being healthy, you know, in that respect, but. Right. Um, and a lot of people to understand that a lot of people's expectation is, <laughs> I get to stop. Oh, like, is she going to stay this way forever? And, and no, that's like, I think I got more questions after the show about what I was doing than I did beforehand because people were like, so can you eat normal now? Like, what can you eat? Like, what's going on with you? And um, so they had like this expectation that maybe I was going to stay 104 pounds for the rest of my life. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to be this, this, you know, bodybuilder cut shredded person. A lot of people just are so uneducated about the whole show process. And I was like, no, I will return to my normal state. <laughs> well, so that... <laughs> That's a good lead in into the next question. So obviously you competed again, you got your pro card, you won the show. And then we went into reverse because you have to get back to being a normal person. 
Um, so talk, why don't you just talk about what your reversing back to maintenance life has been like? Oh my gosh, the reverse was rough. Um, it was very rough. Like when they say that it's the worst part, it's so much so the worst part. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Kelly. I was hoping those words would come out of your mouth without one of us having to prompt you to say it. It's harder than prep, isn't it? It's so much harder. It's Good. not. People I, don't realize it. It is the hardest fucking thing you will do in a contest prep. I can't, I can't go in. We could have a whole nother podcast on this. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like I said, I was a machine during prep. There was nothing getting in my way. And then, you know, the competition was over and it wasn't, I don't feel like I had the blues. Like I, like I didn't have any other goals or anything because I was very much focused on the reverse and I was excited about being able to really gain some muscle. Um, but I guess I did not realize, um, like the mental and the hormonal changes that I was going to continue to go through afterwards. Um, I, I did not realize that during prep, I was very timely in my eating and it was so hard afterwards to get back to normal life as in no Kelly, you can go to the grocery store and not have to pack a snack. Um, you can go to this cookout and you can have the grilled chicken and vegetables or whatever that they are making for you. And you don't have to bring your scale or, you know, it's, it's just, um, I don't know. It was just so hard to incorporate all of those things back into my life. And it was definitely a process. I was, um, I had a hard time sticking to my macros and there were times when I was full and I wanted to keep eating Um, I definitely had some of those moments, um, but because I had coaches and I had been told ahead of time what, what to expect, I knew what was going on. And, um, you know, I knew that I could, I had somebody in my corner that I could talk to about it and that we would get through it with, you know, whatever plan and make it work. So, um, that was helpful, but definitely the hardest part for sure was the reverse. Now that you're like eight months in post-show, eight, maybe more. It was June, right? So six, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're probably about eight months. Like where, where are you now? How do you feel now? I feel really good now. Um, Of course, like I'm still a little frustrated with um, how my body is responding because, you know, you're never perfect, right? Everybody is always going to critique themselves. Um, but I'm feeling good. I am sticking to my macros and I am able, I think, um, what's different for me is the way that I was eating before prep, like my just normal everyday, um, life and macros and stuff is not the same as it is now, even though I'm not in any sort of competition phase and I'm like reversed it's so much different because I am eating a lot cleaner now, or at least trying to. Um, Whereas before, you know, as long as I hit my macros, it was fine, but um, I'm still trying as of now, I'm trying to be as clean as possible. So it's still a little different. I feel like I'm in like a a whole new phase. If Mm -hmm. I could, after reverse phase, this would be it. Or maybe this is just how, you know, real life athletes eat all the time is yes. very, very clean. So this that's- is lifestyle, right? This is, this is, that is 
lifestyle. And I think you just learned along the way that, and I hate the word clean eating, but eating more nutrient dense foods, right? Like staying away from the junk just because it fits in your macros. I can eat crap. You know, that's not really going to make you the best athlete you can be. Right. So, you know, if you're focused on continuing to be, you know, an athlete in the sport, then yeah, you're living your life. And of course you get the occasional treats that fit in your macros, right. Or having a cocktail every now and then. Um, but you're more focused on, on being an athlete. Whereas before you were, you know, and it's all part of like sort of the learning and, and growth of things, I think for, for a competitor, especially somebody who wants to continue in the sport and to kind of have, make it a lifestyle in prep, out of prep, reverse maintenance, you know, what have you. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to find, um, like, like you said, I'm still very much learning. This is a whole new phase for me. And it's, it's a nice maintenance phase. I really, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm still getting to the gym. I'm still doing my cardio and my, my lifting and I'm eating healthy nutrient dense food for the most part. And then I can still, you know, go out and do my thing. I do love to bake on occasion. So I will have seen your baking. It looks beautiful. And I always want, I'm like, Oh my God, I just want a piece of that cake. (laughs) (laughs) They all look so good. (laughs) I share most of it and have some of it. So um, I'm really enjoying where I'm at right now. I like it. All right. So I have um, another question for you just to kind of round things out. So what was your first impression of Brandy? And then what was your first impression of me? Or, or should I say, what was Brandy? What was it like to work with Brandy? And what was it like to work with Tina? Because people have given us nicknames and I'm not sure they're appropriate, but I'm putting you on the spot and you have to be honest. Oh no. Um, Brandy is nice and Tina is mean. Why <laughs> <laughs> does everybody that's say what everybody that? says. I agree, Kelly. They say Brandy's good cup and I'm bad cup, and I don't like it. I don't understand. Okay, but now you have to explain why. Because <laughs> um, Brandy gave you food and I took it away? No, because you're yelling at Kelly right now, and I'm, I'm not. not yelling at her. <laughs> it's nothing to do with food. Um, uh, working with Brandy is, um, I don't really know how to describe it. She's she just goes about it in a different way than you do. Um, (laughs) Not to say it's better or worse. um, But I feel like a lot of it has to do with the phases that I was in. Right. Both of you. So exactly. I'm in a lifestyle maintenance kind of phase. Um, We're a little bit more laid back and what we're doing and how we go about things. And then when I was with you, Tina, it was prep. So we're not doing any nonsense we're getting it done. But if you got issues, I'm here for you and I will do whatever I need to help you with any issues. So, um, I think that's pretty much was the big difference was the phase change there. So, <laughs> right. Okay. Brandy's nice and Tina's mean, good ah. cop, bad cop. I but gotta- you know, I, I mean, that is true. Like there are two typically very different phases that people are working with us in. And my job, I feel like as easing somebody into this is focusing on the education and the development and kind of really just the litmus test of, are you going to make it or not? So by the time a client transitions over to Tina to do the actual contest prep, they should be able to just dive in and hit the ground running. And I think that that's the difference, right? I, I, by nature of what 
I do. It's a little more handholding and kind of mental development, right? And then it's just like game on. So, and I am nicer. That is actually part of it. So here's the funny part. So that's fucking bullshit. And then Brandy and I have actually talked about this before. Little do people know it's the exact opposite. I'm a very feeling and emotional person. Brandy is kind of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> she's. I'm not. I'm not emotionally driven. She's not a lovey feely person she's just not so right we had this conversation i think in our last podcast right you were talking about your sister is all you know based right. on emotion and stuff and i'm like yeah so am i um you know but but you're not so brandy's really cold-hearted oh and God. i am very warm and loving and very emotional and i cry a lot yeah, so that's when you but have- our personas with clients may be completely different <laughs> we're, all, we're putting on a show I don't know. But when you get feedback, like when I get feedback from a coach, I'm not necessarily looking for emotion and, and lovingness and support. Personally, Brandy was quite blunt with me a couple of months ago. And <laughs> very much prefer that approach because even though I think I need it all the time, she doesn't think I need it, but I like a cut and dry. This is what you need to do. Quit messing around. You shouldn't have done that. And let's get back to get back to work so yeah she told me she had to um pull you back uh out of the wherever it was you were headed so living my best life you were yolo but you know like you (laughs) you got to test it you got to test the water and you and you got to make the decision and you know i feel like as being a coach and that's again why you've been a very successful model of this you have been driving your own process all along right i can yell and scream at you and tell you to do x y and z But if you're not really into it, it doesn't matter what I say. So part of the job of a coach is to not convince you, but to help you understand that this is what you want to do. Because if you're not internally driven, there's nothing that I can say that's going to change what's going on. Right. You know, and you were internally driven all along the way. And you, yeah, you, you needed, I mean, our, our come to Jesus, we'll just be open about our come to Jesus about a month ago was like. Kelly, you can keep doing this. Like, I'm not your mom. Do what you want to do. But the reality is you're not going to meet the goal that you've laid out for yourself. So you decide, and I respect either decision, but here are the facts. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can make the decision from there. If I had just come out of the gate and been like, you suck, what's wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. There's a good chance you could have been like, you know what, this isn't fun. This yeah. isn't fun. I'm not. No, but and, and that's exactly right. Because I, um, you know, I, I actually work with a couple of clients that are not in competition prep and even ones who are in prep, they have the same issues, right? So, you know, it's people fall off or they're sort of fucking around, right? Like to be blunt, they're fucking around. Macros are never on point. Check-ins are late, blah, 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 blah. blah. And every check-in is like, uh, there's some kind of excuse in there. Little do they know they're putting excuses, but you know, they may not realize their excuses. And I'm like, look, we can, if you just want to be a healthy fit person, let's just, you can continue sort of kind of meeting your macros and just, you know, doing this and that and the other thing. But if you, if you, you told me you want to compete. So if you want to compete and you want to reach this goal or whatever it is, then we got to do this other thing, right? So you got to kind of stop fucking around and we got to go do this other thing, but it's up to you and I will support you no matter what you decide, right? Well, whatever direction you want to go in, we'll do, but here's the facts. 
I mean, and I think that's, that's just our job, you know, as, as coaches, but Brandy's right. You have to, we, the decision is yours. I'm not telling you you're getting on stage or you're not getting on stage. I'm telling you, this is how we'll get there. If that's not what you want to do, then let's come up with another goal, shall we? Right. And stop wasting your time and my time or whatever. But people don't really realize what they need to sacrifice. You know, they say, oh, I want to go do this and get this done. But they're not thinking about all the things that they need to change or the habits that they need to form to do it to get there. So it's very much a learning process as you go. You're going to you're going to fuck up and then you know, your coach is there to be like, okay, yeah, that was a mistake. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> right. So how about we try this next time instead of How about of we that? not do that ever again? <laughs> so Kelly, what's next for you that people want to know, your fans want to know? Oh, I have fans? Cool. <laughs> you will after this. You're going to be fucking famous. Social um, media, here you come. Pound sign. Pound sign. Pound sign We're going to pound sign the hell out of this. Say, pound sign. <laughs> what's your hashtag going to be? Hashtag Kelly D. Hashtag, I don't have time for social media. <laughs> there you go. I like that one. You're going to be famous, though, so now you're going to have to. Um, you're going to get a fan page. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep, you'll see me on stuff all the time. <laughs> What's so next what, do you, what do you have planned for 2020? Um, my plan as of now is um, I'm a dog mom, and I am getting my master's degree. So that's taking up a lot of my time, as well as maintaining my lifestyle um I would like to get back on stage um at some point and I'm just trying to get the timing right because like I said I am in school and then I got some vacations coming up here going to the Kentucky Derby Yay! I'm so jealous um but if we can schedule something maybe late 2020 I would love to get back on stage and do a larger amateur show um, to really see what I can do against um, a little bit more competition. Yeah, good, good, good thinking. Making sure that life is in a good place, or at least in a more optimal place to compete versus like trying to manage school and dog moms. And I have to say, so kind of going back to you know um, some of the things Brandy and I have talked about before, and uh, charities and. Uh, things that are near and dear to our hearts, right? So we talked about the dog rescue stuff and people who do follow me on social media know that I am nonstop reposting um, dogs that need adopted or, you know, shelter animals or save this puppy. Somebody save this puppy because I have, I have a pit bull rescue who is a little dog aggressive and she keeps me from rescuing all the dogs. So really she is my, she's my buffer. That's why I'm not a crazy dog lady. But anyway, um, I'm so excited because I always wonder, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm reposting these things, but is it really going to make a difference? Is, is, is it going to help one of these dogs get adopted? And when you messaged me and, and so one of the dogs I had shared, Kelly messaged me and said she was adopting and I, I literally, I cried. I was like, so I was like, oh my God, it does make a difference when I share all these poor puppies. Well, and so, so yes, yeah, so you rescued Birdie and she is so cute. I know the funny part is, is I had to scroll through your timeline for a solid five minutes, <laughs> all of your other repostings for rescues to find her so that I could comment on it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was great. Yay. So that, that, that was good. And we appreciate that, that you, you are in, you know, an animal lover as we are. So, yes. um, okay. So Randy, you got anything else? Nope. This has been super, super fun. Kelly, thank you for doing this with yep. us. 
And um, thank you for sharing your your journey. I think it's going to be it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people to hear it from the horse's mouth. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Kelly D. Um, Thanks. So yeah, no, it it was awesome, Kelly. You, you've been a great client, and um, we appreciate you you know spending time with us this morning to kind of give everybody. Um, uh, you know, information. So what I'll say, and Kelly, if you're up for it, I know you're not big on social media, but um, now that we have the Facebook group, the Coaching a Cocktails podcast discussion group, I will say if anybody has questions for Kelly, post them, you know, if you guys want to kind of discuss this or have specific questions for Kelly, um, you know, maybe she can give you advice or whatever that maybe we didn't talk about in the podcast today, but we'll do it on the discussion group. Would that be fair, Kelly, at least for a little bit of people have questions. Yeah. Um, and maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll make an initial post in there and just say, Hey, you know, if anybody has any questions about, you know, Kelly's prep and Kelly's journey and you want to ask her, you know, ask, ask Kelly. It sounds like a TV show. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. Kelly and Regis. That's fine with me. I'm in. Kelly. Book. Okay, cool. Um, what else, Brandy? Uh, anything else that we need just before we close out? Anything? Um, nope. Just inviting people to join the Facebook group. Um, and, uh, oh, and share, uh, download, share our podcast, right? So I think oh, if people can rate and review, if leaving a review in iTunes helps us a lot. Yep. Or um, Apple, I think you can do it in iTunes and Apple podcasts or something along those lines. I'm not I'm, right. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm working on learning more of this podcast stuff. But so subscribe, rate, and review to help us. Please. And appreciate everybody listening. Yeah. So with that, we don't will get say, weird. Use your head. And then, Kelly, what do we say after that? It'll all be okay. Yeah, it'll totally all be okay. It'll totally, totally be fine. Okay. It's going to be don't, fine. It's all going to be fine. All right, everybody. Uh, happy Friday. Bye. Bye.